Well, hello, this is your host, Kyle Gorman, and thank you so much for joining us this week on the Business Playmakers podcast. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank our guest uh, for, for being on the show. Um, you, you know, just such a, a great story and um, a great way that he is finding ways to give back in his industry. So I think you're really going to enjoy it. Um, also, he was kind enough to to have me on his show. So if you are interested in, uh, in listening to that, I, I really encourage you to go check out his podcast as well, Next Level Loan Officers. Um, and so he really, uh, he, he invests a lot into that industry. So I'd encourage you to check that out and uh, check out the the uh, interview that he had with me and the opportunity I had to be on his show. Also, uh, this week, I want to thank our sponsor, Just You Marketing. They are experts in the space of social media, which is sometimes kind of a black hole uh, in the business world, understanding what to do with it, how to do it, and, um, and just having the time to be able to invest in social media, it's so important, but um, sometimes we feel just lost in what we're really supposed to do with the social media world. So I really want to encourage you to go check out Just You Marketing and see how they may be able to help your business uh, really navigate the world of social media. In fact, they believe in social media so much. When you go to their website, justyoumarketing.com, it's actually going to take you straight to one of their social media sites. That That is the space of the future. So check them out and see how they can help your business. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome to Business Playmakers, the podcast that meets with innovators, trailblazers, and leaders to learn about their experience and what success really means. Hosted by entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. The Business Playmakers podcast is brought to you by Employer Blueprint. Employer Blueprint is focused on developing great leaders and high-performing managers through one-on-one coaching and group workshops. To schedule coaching for you or your team, simply visit EmployerBlueprint.com. Well, I'd like to welcome on this week's episode of Business Playmakers, uh, Sean Zalmanoff. And uh, he's got an exciting story to tell us. I've had a chance to do some research and, and kind of get to see a little bit about what he's doing and the way he's impacting his industry. So, um, Sean, I'm not going to steal your thunder. Uh, I'll let you kind of take it over here and just walk us through uh, your history and your experience and kind of tell us about how you got to where you are now. Kyle, first of all, thank you. Mm-hmm. Appreciate being a guest on the show. Uh, so I have, uh, I've been in the mortgage business since 2002. Mm-hmm. Been, uh, it's been an interesting time. I also uh, own some properties. Uh, we renovate a few properties each year and also am partners in a business called Next Level Loan Officers. So mm-hmm. uh, I got a lot of things going on. Yeah. Uh, I try I pride myself on on trying to get more work done than anybody else does in, in a 40 hour work week and work yeah. really highly efficiently. Uh, so it started off kind of by chance getting into the mortgage business uh, in uh, graduated college in uh, the summer of or the winter of zero zero. <laughs> and um, man, I had that super senior year. So I had that extra semester yeah. uh, to, you know, to, get those last few credit hours I needed. Yeah. And all my friends were coming back and saying like, uh, don't do it. Don't go out there. It sucks. <laughs> and I had a pretty cool job managing this bar and restaurant. And so I, I never really was in a hurry to get, uh, to get a real job afterwards. And, yeah. you know, I think I interviewed somewhere close to 70 jobs in wow. uh, 2001. 
Yeah. And, uh, didn't, uh, I didn't take any of them. Uh, there was a guy that used to come into the bar all the time who ran a mortgage business. And yeah. since I was like a sophomore in college, he was trying to get me into the mortgage business. <laughs> and I mean, I was, you know, 21 years old. Mm-hmm. I lived the college lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I worked at a bar, like getting up in the morning was not something um, yeah. I did too often. Yeah. And <laughs> so finally, after, um, after all the, all these interviews go on, uh, unfortunately, you know, nine 11 happens mm-hmm. and yeah. it was, it was crazy being in the restaurant industry mm-hmm. because overnight, the the kids that were coming in uh, the bar, my peers, uh, were like their parents that had these unlimited bank accounts for, I mean, the entire time I was in college. Mm-hmm. I was told them they had to stop spending money. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we we closed for a couple of days after mm-hmm. uh, after 9-11 happened. And then we opened back up, you know, people are getting getting their feet underneath them again. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's just the the money went away. And so... The other thing too, as my friends were coming back and telling me not to go enter, you know, the real world, um, I was making as much or more money than they were managing restaurant bar than, uh, that I was, than they were making. So like, wait, I get summers off. I'm not going to go do this. (laughs) Yeah. So this gentleman came in and I finally like, okay, man, I'm like, I'm ready. I want to do this. You you told me I could make uh, a decent living and help Mm -hmm. people. And, but I'm not going to live in Columbia, Missouri anymore because that would not work. I I wouldn't be able to to work on a normal schedule. And and I just knew that about myself at the time, still being pretty young. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I moved to back to St. Louis where I was born and raised Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he had an office there that, uh, in a nine short months taught me every single thing that was wrong with the mortgage business. Mm -hmm. Um, like, I mean, it wasn't like the big short, um, not to the extent that you saw in the movie there, yeah. but literally, I mean, there were kids in the back that were, this is before the do not call us, uh, they, they were, they were calling like their job was to call the A's today. And, wow. uh, we worked at night and they, they were just calling, soliciting for refis, handing them off, yeah. and, which is, which was fine. We were helping a lot of people except for the fees that they charge were, uh, were not a benefit to the consumer to the point that I almost started a business about six months into my mortgage career mm-hmm. that I was just going to consult people on what they called it the good faith estimate back then mm-hmm. on helping them shop for loans mm-hmm. because we were, I mean, it was like $5,000 in junk fees on every loan. Wow. And so it's like, yeah. man, if I charge somebody 500 bucks or a thousand dollars, I can save them. Yeah. Three to four thousand dollars on every single loan, like this would be a total win-win. Yeah. And then I kind of just started to realize that there were other companies that were better. Um mm-hmm. so I, I bounced around to a few of those. And then in uh 2005, opened up my own little mortgage company. Hmm. In 2009, I uh, joined with uh the the current company that I'm with. I just had uh, my nine-year anniversary mm-hmm. and uh that has just afforded a lot of other different opportunities. Being involved in the mortgage side got me involved in real estate, which took a lot of lumps when the Great Recession happened. I was finally right. starting to make money to buy properties. Yeah, right when the bottom fell out. <laughs> right, 
which then got me into, um, well, which being in the mortgage business, I, you know, I wanted to grow. I wanted to be able to provide more for my clients. I started to grow some loan officers and, and have mm-hmm. a bigger organization. And so that got me really involved in the coaching world. Mm-hmm. I like to say, so although I've been doing this for 16 years, I have about 12 years of experience because like the first four years in the business, I just mm-hmm. did the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really expecting different results, so I wasn't going insane, but I, I just was doing the same thing over and over. And then I started to plug into some different coaching organizations. Yeah. The um, one that uh, I, I was with uh, just a few previous to, to next level loan officers that we started uh, was something that was really awesome. I was almost in it for four years. And one of the weird things that I didn't know about the coaching world until I got into it was in the in the loan officer world and in the realtor world, a lot of those coaching organizations that exist out there, um, they do teach some good content, mm-hmm. but their main purpose is actually not to educate you. It's to see if you're a right fit for a mortgage company that they represent mm. to plug you into them because they want to make money off of every single loan you close. Right. Which in theory could be okay, except that, uh, except that some of them will take somebody from a good company and a place that they're doing very well at and try to convince them, uh, that they should go somewhere else that may not be as good. Right. And that's kind of how myself and my other four partners, uh, really got together, um, Mm -hmm. met through different organizations and really wanted to provide something different for loan officers where, uh, five guys in the trenches doing mortgages every day yeah. to be able to teach them and where they could come to us and not feel like we were going to tell them that the mortgage company they were at sucked and <laughs> come work they for us. Go somewhere else. Yeah. 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 Well, so, so Sean, along the way, um, you know, you talked about early in your career, you, you were able to really identify some things that weren't right in the industry and, and identify sort of some ways that you knew you didn't want to do things. Um, did you have any mentors maybe after that or even through that process that um, that ultimately kind of helped shape who you are now? Some people that have helped along the way or helped um, guide and, and sort of create the definition of, of what you believe in now within your industry? So early on, so I started again in the business, right? It was like January 2nd of 2002. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> about a year or two in, I can't tell you exactly, but but very early on, I met an account executive and his name was Chris, mm-hmm. a guy that we brokered loans to. And he was like, Sean, I've seen this before. He'd been in the industry since um, pretty much the day he was out of high school or college. He'd been in the industry for 30 or so years. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Sean, I've seen this in the industry before. You need to get into the purchase market. He was like, these refis are going to dry up. There's a few years left until they dry up. He was off by a little over a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, but but he was right that they were eventually going to start to dry up. Yeah. And I mean, I just started going out and meeting real estate agents. Hmm. And yeah. that was, I thought in about 2006 or 2007, one of the biggest mistakes I made in my life. Because after several years of building these relationships and getting purchase business, and it was hmm. like if loan officers listening to this right now, I mean, it was easy back then to get realtor relationships because mm-hmm. Every loan officer on the planet was stuck inside of their office, dialing for dollars, sending yeah. out lead, doing something to get a refinance. 
So when you were a mortgage guy or gal walking into a real estate office, they looked at you like, who are you? Like, like you don't work here and you know, but the, they were very open to it. So a little bit different than, uh, than it was today. And and there were still a lot more agents, I think in their offices, not quite as much virtual people working from home back then. Mm -hmm. And that business is a lot slower to grow and develop. So, uh, but you know, that's, that's what I did. And then all of a sudden, you know, and my friends, these people that I knew in the industry making a lot more money than I was. And then all of a sudden 2008 happens mm-hmm. and all those crazy mortgages, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, stated income, stated everything yeah. uh, really started to vanish out of the market. Mm-hmm. And this purchase business uh, was here. And a lot, most of the purchase loans that we were doing, uh, you know, they were some sort of conventional or FHA loan. Yeah. And although the purchase business went down a ton right then, I was doing loans that required some sort of documentation. Right. So right. it wasn't too weird. It, it was, there was more documentation hands down required then, but like, you know, FHA loans always required some pay stubs and W2s. And so mm-hmm. having to get that for borrowers and then all of a sudden, I had a, a lot of clients that we had helped with purchases. Mm-hmm. And so, um, of course, contacted all them first to, to refi <laughs> as the rates were dropping. Right. And, you know, 2009, 2010, I mean, I knew like three people left from the mortgage business that had graduated college with me when two years before that, there was like 25 guys that I knew that were in the mortgage business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, that was, that was such a tough storm to weather. And, and to your point, I mean, the ones that were able to do it, um, you know, really able to succeed through that, but you, you were smart and that you had to sort of plan ahead and know things weren't always going to be, uh, being able to ride this high that we had prior to. And that's, that's not only in the mortgage industry, that's in so many industries. Um, and, uh, it's so easy sometimes I think to forget the, um, the hard times whenever we're in those good times. And so remembering that those things are always coming and we've got to plan and prepare and know how to be ready for those. That's a great lesson learned through that for sure. And I think a lot of people obviously felt the impact of that. Um, well, so, you know, as you sit here today, what, how do you define success? What is, what does success mean to you now? Um, how, how would you sort of equate uh, success in your world? So uh, I just turned 40 years old this year. I've mm-hmm. uh, uh, been with my wife for 13 years. Uh, we just had our 10-year anniversary, and we waited a little bit longer to have kids. We have a, a two-year-old and a four-year-old, almost three and almost five. Yeah. So uh, I travel a little bit. I'm probably gone a full five-ish weeks a year, um, mm-hmm. but almost every single day uh, that I'm in town, uh, I take my, my oldest boy youngest just isn't in school full time yet, mm-hmm. but, I, but I take yeah. my oldest boy to preschool next year. His little brother will be in preschool. Mm-hmm. He'll be in kindergarten and, 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 uh, they'll be in preschool. So I'll get to take them there together. So I, I get into work a little after eight 30 after I drop them off. Yeah. Um, I'm not at the office too late, very many nights a week, usually home by five or six o'clock mm-hmm. uh, at night. Um, I get to put them to bed early on in my career. Like when I met my wife, <laughs> you know, I would be at work at seven, eight in the morning, almost every single day. And I mean, half the time she would come bring me dinner uh, Mm. to work. I had the idea that like, if I was going to be successful, that success a decade ago, 12 years ago meant that I was there earlier and there Mm. later. And I had to just outwork everybody. 
and, yeah. and outworking people helped. Mm-hmm. But man, I had a lot of wasted hours inside of that time, Kyle. Yeah. And so being there for my family, uh, being able to provide for my family, knowing uh, that there's a nest egg that's growing so they don't have to want for some of the things uh, that I wanted for growing up. And, you know, one of the nice things too, it's like, it would be cool if my kids uh, were 16 years old right now, but that would have meant I would have had kids when I was 24 years old. Mm-hmm. Me mentally at that time uh, probably wasn't uh, as emotionally <laughs> stable as I am today. Yeah, and like you know, just being out. Like I mean, I saw, I love music. I've seen a ton of concerts. I traveled a bunch. Yeah. We, we still travel a fair amount. Yeah, plenty of Friday and Saturday nights going out and, and having a good time. Like I, we do that. At, you know, we, my wife and I still have a date night and I still go hang out with buddies, but yeah. like, you know, I mean, we're home at like nine or 10 o'clock. Yeah, I just, exactly. I don't, Different. I'm not missing anything because of how my life's kind of laid itself out. So I'm, mm-hmm. I don't want for any of those things. Um, at, at growing up, it's, um, you know, I grew up as, uh, the poor kid in West St. Louis County in mm-hmm. West County in St. Louis is a it's a nice part of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Like all my friends and everybody I knew could do these. I mean, like they could play club sports. They could yeah. go on the spring break trips and do all of those things. And from an really early age, uh, I knew money mattered a lot in my household because we didn't have it. So like I got a job, um, working, uh, at the grocery store, like as soon as I could pushing carts mm-hmm. and like the day I could get a job in a restaurant busing tables. Cause I knew I could make tips. Like, mm-hmm. I did that and I was just always hustling. Yeah. And so not my kids. It's like, it's a delicate balance, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that my children, like whatever they want to do, like go play soccer and do those things. Yeah. Like it's just, it's not a thought about us doing it. Right. Um, but then, you know, I mean, shoot my four-year-old. I mean, he knows what cash is, but he's just like, dad, break out the credit card. And you know, it's yeah. fun like, to have him help pay for things. Yeah. And you know, it's like, son, you're about to break that. It's like, well, just buy another one. I'm like, all right, (laughs) where's the balance of providing, but being able to, um, not, uh, provide too much, not make it too easy. Yeah. Yeah. That is such a hard balance. And I'm similar situation. I've got uh, three and one on the way. So I've got 11, eight, one and one on the way. And, um, you know, I definitely see it with the older two. There's always been that balance of trying to figure out, um, you know, I want them to enjoy life and enjoy the things we're able to provide, but also still um, try to instill some sort of like work ethic and understanding that if you want, if you want more, you've got to work for it. And there's such a fine balance in that, um, you know, and, and, um, we, in fact, I, we, my wife and I were actually just talking about that uh, this weekend, just kind of talking about that same thing and trying to figure out some of that balance. Of course, you know, here we head into the holiday season and you want to try to balance that out with um, you've got to uh, you've got to understand what it's like to kind of go work for your things. And and so, yeah, that's a tough that's a tough challenge. And, um, you know, through the course of of your career, sort of seeing that that focus differently. How do you think? that, um, what are some of the keys maybe early on that helped you reach a a level of, of comfort and success that gives you that flexibility that you have now? And maybe what are some of the keys that you even have now that still allow you to, um, maintain a level of success, but do so with a 
with a great balance of your work world and your personal world with your kids and family? Well, I mean, early on, uh, it was early on. I mean, it, it was my, it was my childhood because yeah. I knew having, I mean, I even feel bad saying financial struggles growing up in the United States, but like, I mean, versus my peers financially, right. we struggled. Yeah. And so that when I got into the workforce and found a career that the more work I put in, the more dollars that I got out. Yeah. Just made me hustle harder than everybody else. Yeah. And like everybody knew like, man, that I was working. And one of the cool things was with having children a little bit later, like, mm -hmm. I mean, I could get home at eight 30 or nine o'clock and, you know, flip on a dime, throw on some jeans and be out the door. And my wife and I could go grab a bite to eat for dinner. Right. Um, right. So, so, so that helped there. Then I said, I mean, I really started to plug into some coaching. Um, mm -hmm. and I was in some coaching organizations for a long time. I was in some that, you know, at the end of three months, I was kind of like, gosh, I wish I could have my money back. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. But even on those, I still found one thing or two things that I was able to incorporate into my business. Yeah. And I went from being the guy who had to be a control freak mm -hmm. and a I can do it better. I had a coach one time. I, my, the, the office I was in previous to this, mm -hmm. um, my, I had some space on the second floor and I used to have my office like on the corner and processing was on one side. My ops manager was on the other side mm -hmm. and my loan partner was over here and I would get involved in everything because I heard it all. Right. Right. He gave me some advice and he was like, Hey man, if your office, you got, you got space upstairs. Like, yeah, I got space upstairs. He's like, you know, a few expletives, but said, go yeah. move upstairs. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, but I'm not going to be in the middle of it all. He's like, yes, <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. I moved that office upstairs and, and started to learn to trust my people more mm -hmm. and delegate more. Yeah. And, you know, started to take a little bit more time off. And I, I guess I was so afraid that, man, if I wasn't there first and leaving last, Mm -hmm. The people were going, that my coworkers were going to judge me. Like the people that yeah. I was helping to have a job, mm -hmm. I was worried about them judging me. And, and so uh, trusting them more, building better teams, mm -hmm. uh, making some hard choices at times to upgrade positions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now like I do four or five things in the mortgage business and that's kind of it. Mm -hmm. um, in the yeah. coaching world and our, in our business there, I just do a couple things in there. We have people who do everything else yeah. and realizing that when I focus on, you know, on my 20% or my 10% and offloading the rest of that, that not only do I serve myself better, but I serve everyone else around me better. Right. Doing those things. Yeah. Yeah. And so let, let's look forward just a little bit, Sean, what, um, you know, you've, you've been able to accomplish quite a bit. And as you say, you're sort of in a, in a new season of life right now, as far as how you're, you're balancing things out. So, um, what do the next 10 years look like for you? What, what kind of goals do you have out there? What are you looking to do in your career? And what is, what does your journey look like over the next 10 years? So, uh, you mentioned the season. That's actually funny. That that's something that we talk about a lot inside of, uh, of our coaching. Yeah. And <clears throat> 
we didn't invent it. We happen to just call it the season. Uh, but many, many successful CEOs and entrepreneurs mm-hmm. live inside of a 90 day cycle. Yeah. You know, most of us as human beings greatly overestimate what we can get done in one year and greatly underestimate what we can get done in five. Mm-hmm. And so I'm bre- we've been breaking everything down for the last couple of years for what I do into having very solid 90 day outcomes. Mm-hmm. Not just in business, uh, but in my, my physicality, in relationships, mm-hmm. and just in my overall mind health too. So all of those things working equally with each other on a, on a 90-day schedule that's then broken down into 60 and 30-day benchmarks. Mm-hmm. And then every week, uh, you know, I just I sit down and I do some planning that's typically Sunday night. And uh, I just have some non-negotiables that I set for myself to mm-hmm. move my business and my life forward in a powerful manner every single week. Yeah, Kyle, how is he, How easy is it for you to go into work on Monday with no plan in place, leave mm-hmm. on Friday, have done a ton of work, and got nothing but, done? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so I've just changed the way that I do that by having these benchmarks in place yeah. and, um, and having these 90 day outcomes. So I, I typically, you know, like in 2018 that, uh, that's wrapping up, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I did three seasons and uh, I like to give myself a little bit of time off between so mm-hmm. I can reflect, plan and move forward. Yeah. Uh, it's healthier for me than just going boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really where I have, um, that's really how the planning is. I, I forgot to finish answering. Uh, no, that's that. all right. Yeah. yeah. And so that's really kind of how I'm planning and moving forward um, yeah. in uh, the coaching business. Yeah. It's, we're, again, we're really unique because most of the coaches in the mortgage world are not in the trenches. They're not doing loans every yeah. single day. Some of them haven't originated a loan in a decade or two decades, and some of them never have. They're just really good marketers. Um, right. And it's cool if it works for them. But yeah. that makes us different and allows us to grow in a different manner. Yeah. Um, I see uh, that the coaching business in the next year uh, will triple in size for mm-hmm. what we're doing. Uh, we are yeah. just coming up on our first full year anniversary in the business. Cool. Uh, and it's, uh, it's been an awesome ride with a whole lot of success mm-hmm. and from running a coaching business, which is something I've never done before, <laughs> a whole lot of learning along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so we're just, we're providing something a little bit different and unique there yeah. uh, in the mortgage world. So it, in 10 years, I mean, Kyle, I can't even tell you in the, in the coaching world, what it looks like because mm-hmm some of the things we're doing, even some of the group coaching that we're doing inside uh, of the mortgage world mm-hmm. hasn't been done before. Mm-hmm. Um, and by doing some of the group coaching, we're able to deliver a price point to people that uh, this kind of coaching hasn't been able to be brought to somebody for less than a few thousand dollars a month. Right. So yeah. um, I'll have a lot clearer pictures on what 10 years looks like. <laughs> a year from now. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. But the mortgage well, world, I, I see our volume, I see doing five to 10 times what we're going to close this year in, yeah. uh, in the next 10 years. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of consolidation, a lot of interesting things happening. And man, that just means a lot of opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard sometimes. I mean, because things change so quickly, um, you know, it is, it can be very difficult to really figure out what those things are going to look like. Um, 
even just a year out, let alone five and 10 years out. But I, I like your goal setting strategy there. I think, um, I think that's great because you're exactly right. It's so easy for us to go through the, a day or a week and say, man, I was so busy, but I didn't really get anything done. And um, having those kind of defined metrics and those non-negotiables, those things you know you are going to get done are critical for us to continue driving forward. And sometimes it's just a little bit at a time, but it's still driving forward. It's still moving in the right direction and, and uh, slowly reaching towards certain goals and, and benchmarks that we have set for those. So I like that. Uh, I like that planning strategy and that goal setting strategy. I think that's really good. Well, before that, I used to plan on my years and, yeah. you know, maybe November, December, January. And I mean, it was, I looked at that maybe a couple of times in January. And I mean, the next thing, you know, like I was shuffling some papers in a drawer and yeah. in September, I'm like, Oh yeah, <laughs> I did a few of these things. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Didn't check off as many boxes as I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what, what does the, what does the concept of retirement look like for you one of these days? <laughs> um, the, uh, so, so another thing that I, so I'm involved actively in uh, flipping some houses mm-hmm. and, and acquiring uh, a rental portfolio uh, mm-hmm. that I like to add to every single year as well. Um, the, the concept of retiring is, uh, and if, if I, I don't, I don't understand that concept fully. Um, (laughs) If I can help in uh, the mortgage business, for instance, like Mm -hmm. I got it dialed into where I'm I'm doing, doing everything that I'm doing in a good 40 hours a week right now. Yeah. And because I have really, really solid systems Mm -hmm. and amazing people around me. Mm -hmm. So if, in a few years, you know, 15 ish years, um, I decided we really want to take more steps back from that. Mm-hmm. I would envisioning hiring more awesome people and still managing the business yeah. but more from a consultative approach yeah. than a day to day approach. Yeah. And, but still allowing being in the business, but then like, be having a vested interest. So like I, I still have some money that I'm coming in on the bottom line, mm-hmm. but allowing other people to share in that more. And as, as we bring more people up mm-hmm. along the way uh, and being able to impact other people's lives in a positive manner, mm-hmm. um, but giving them the opportunity to kind of take over the reins in, in a lot of these businesses as I phase out. But man, as long as I'm sharp, like, retirement just doesn't seem, see, it doesn't seem like a good idea. I just see really sharp people who stop exercising their noodle and man, they, they don't seem as sharp in a few years anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I agree completely. I, I love asking that question on the show and I like talking to people about that, but that's exactly where I stand on it as well. I, I just think that, um, you know, if you love what you're doing and, and, um, and frankly, even if you don't, you know, find something that you can enjoy because I don't believe that, um, you know, I don't believe that it has to be that even necessarily we're working for an income. I think it has to do with how we're using our head and how we're giving back and um, how we're actually, you know, making a positive impact. Um, and most of the time that also has a financial, a personal financial impact as well. But um I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think that there's there's really no real concept of retiring um, because at that point when we're sitting back and just sort of taking and we're not exercising our mind and we're not giving back to to those around us, um, 
you know, I think people deteriorate really quickly whenever we do that. And if we have the ability to um, give, whether it's knowledge or otherwise, that's what we need to be doing with that time. And um, uh, I think I'd rather do that than deteriorate quickly just because I've decided I'm going to go sit on my front porch all day. <laughs> it, just, so, it just doesn't sound fun, man. Like, Yeah, no, I, I would go crazy. I, I really... Um, I would go nuts. I don't think I, I don't think I can, I can't really fathom that idea either. It doesn't make sense to me. And just with my kids being young, you know, I mean, 15 years from now, they're, you know, my first one is going to be maybe a sophomore in college. <laughs> yeah. Like they still have to see what a work ethic looks like. They can't right. graduate college and be like, oh man, well, shoot, dad doesn't even have to work. Yeah. I don't have to do anything. Like, here's <laughs> yeah. just an example that yeah. I have to set for them in a standard that they have to be held to. Yeah. And, you know, if business, if some of the things I'm doing interest them, I mean, it, it'd be pretty cool to hire them as a janitor first and let them mop the floors That's and right. work their way on up through the business yeah, yeah. And, uh, and see how that works too. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, so let's talk just for a second here about, um, um, you know, just some, some information that's sort of beneficial for other people. So the, the, one of the things I, I like to ask about is um, personalities that you've had a chance to be around and, and how you've identified, uh, like what characteristics you see in people that you know, these are the types of people I like to be around. And these are the types of people that I really have to distance myself from sort of just that it's toxic for me. I know I can't be around those. What, what kind of personality characteristics have you identified over the years that, you know, these are the people I want to be with. And these are the people that I, I've got, to, I've got to steer clear of. Have you ever read the book, the go-giver? No, I've not read that one. Uh, it's, it's a short read. It's only a couple hundred pages. Um, yeah. the, uh, <clears throat> there's some principles taught inside of there mm-hmm. about just truly putting other people first and making decisions that are, that, that are just for the betterment of them, just because it's the right decision. Yeah. And so the people that I like to be around are people who like, genuinely want help people who genuinely want to help people, people who want to make themselves better. And I have, I have two types of tenants. Hmm. I have, I have tenants that are like on their way to something, end up buying houses. Uh, They take responsibility for what happens in their life. Mm -hmm. And like I have a tenant that like the handle falls off the dishwasher. That's a year old. Mm -hmm. Man, I, you know, it's the man's fault, man. Somebody's trying to keep me down. Right. And so I've got a quote that, that I live by and mm-hmm. it's life gets better when you get better. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm trying to get better and I'm investing in myself to get better mm-hmm. and investing in other people to get better, I want to hang out with those people. Yeah. Somebody who's just trying to, somebody who's just not doing those things. Yeah. Doesn't really work well for me. Yeah. Uh, I like, I like positive people. Um, you know, I mean, there's crazy stuff going on in the world all the time, <laughs> but if everybody just woke up with a little bit better attitude each day and tried to, you know, put a smile on somebody's face, mm-hmm. we could all make the world a little bit of a better place. I mean, it sounds cliche, but like, I just see it every day. Yeah. And so I want to roar. I want to be around people <clears throat> who are driven in their life. Yeah. So they just, they might be driven to be the best parent mm-hmm. they can be, man. 
I have, I have some buddies who are driven to be some of the best fishermen on the planet. Mm-hmm. And like their work life and my work life work are, are look very different. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I sure as heck love to go fishing, love to go fishing with them on the weekends or when I have some downtime yeah. or being on the river. Yeah. And so like, it's just, and find what you like, find your why. Yeah. Dive into that yeah. and just, and own it. Yeah. Excellent. That's yeah. Uh, and, and so along those lines, you, you mentioned that book, what other, what other kind of resources have you found to be helpful or that you would just recommend to others in general? Um, you know, whether it's online resources or even, you know, books and things like that, that you've had a chance to, to absorb over the years, what are some things that you would recommend to others to really help invest in themselves? Um, I mean, I, I'm, I listen to a lot. Of, I read a fair amount of books, but I've listened to a lot of books on Audible. Yeah. Uh, some people tell me when I'm, I'm like, you know, and work out a fair amount. So, so I get a few hours in the gym a week mm-hmm. and I mean, I've about half the time there's sometimes I just need to listen to some tunes. Uh, what about half the time, you know, I'm listening to books there. So yeah. just finding, you know, finding some things that excite you, um, mm-hmm. you know, asking some of your peers, what books, they've read and yeah. I mean, just getting some of that on auto on audible. I mean, there's like just even a ton of old classic books like oh, yeah. that, that people can plug into. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to pay for an education or you're going to pay for an education. So, <laughs> like yeah. you either are going to pay for it through the experience and the lumps you take, or, or you're going to pay for it by hiring a coach. So, yeah. you know, if you're looking in the business world, uh, if you're looking to get ahead in your, in your physical world, mm-hmm. like, hire somebody to help you with this. Yeah. Um, it just, it just makes sense. You get there quicker. Uh, you get the results you want quicker. Mm -hmm. Um, cause you're, you're going to pay for it. Like it just, (laughs) yeah, I like that. It just depends on how you do it. Yeah. Um, the, you know, look around, look at, I mean, the, it's a very, very true statement that, you know, you're a big reflection of the people, the five people you spend the most time with, Mm -hmm. you know, sorry, but if you're listening to this right now and they're all losers, man, <laughs> it's time to upgrade your circle of friends. Yeah. yeah. You know, just cause they were your buddy in high school doesn't mean that they're still the best choice for where you want to head in your life. Yeah. 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 It's still go hang out with them once or twice a year, but don't, don't spend all your, all your extra time with them. That's, uh, uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I sometimes think one of the things to, that's important to know is, I, I never want to be the best quote best of all the people I'm hanging out with. You know, I've got to have others that I'm, that I'm always sort of striving or saying, man, I like the way they've got this together. I like the way that they think about these things, or I like having these types of conversations with them. Um, you know, I never want to be the smartest guy in the room and I never want to, um, uh, I never want to feel like I've got to figure it out more than others do, because if so, I, I'm, to your point, I'm with the wrong people. I've got to have people that are pushing me and, and, and pulling me along as well. Um, I think that's a, I, I like that. I like that statement. You're going to pay for your education or you're going to pay for your education. There's a, I really like that because there's so much truth to that one way or the other. Um, you know, that's the only way it's going to come along. So I, I think that's perfect. Um, Sean, Tell us, how can we learn more about what you're doing? What, we'll learn more about kind of your coaching strategies. Um, how can we connect with you if we want to follow and learn more about, about what you have going on? So you, you can check us out on our website at nextlevelloanofficers.com. Uh, 
you can call us right here at the office, 314-361-9979. Just ask for me. Somebody will get you to me very quickly. Uh, We have an app with a text code that I should know exactly what to rattle off here right now to tell you (laughs) what to text to get that app. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just just go to our website. You can find the app there there as well, too. And uh, it's cool. When you do get it, you have access to all of our podcasts as well, too, some of our content. And uh, we're all over Facebook, so yeah. kind of hard to uh, not be in our grasp once you see us there. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, that is perfect, Sean. I really appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you for sharing your story and and some of your uh, kind of just keys to success. And and um, we look forward to just continuing to watch and see what happens with uh, with the multiple endeavors that you're in. And we appreciate everything you do to be intentional about that and really um, making a difference in the lives that you touch. Thanks for your time, Kyle. It was awesome to be with you today. Thank you for checking out today's Business Playmaker. Links to the resources discussed in today's episode are available in the show notes. For more information and resources from your host, you can visit him at www.kylegorman.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast for the latest episodes. And until next time, make it a great day.